Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. Eye contact is not needed in order to have an enjoyable conversation. Yeah, we know. Texted millennials. That's crazy. Well, is, is there research that says eye contact is not necessary for a conversation? Even uh, though 90-some percent of communication is nonverbal? Mm-hmm. Wow. I think if, you, if you're slicing it thin enough, eye contact is not necessary well, for a good conversation. But I think it is very uh, important for the human condition to right. make eye contact with other yeah. people. So, uh, it's like saying spices aren't necessary for good food. But good point. Uh, you'd That's like, a good one. Yeah, right I'd like there. some, please. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and similar, there's a lot more bland without it, without the eye contact. It's going to be pretty, you're going to leave out a lot. All right, here's a question for you. And I'm not stoned. If you could revive one human being, and bring them back to observe the modern world and comment on it. Who would it be? Babe Ruth. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to think about it for a second. Here's why. I was thinking about uh, George George Orwell. Oh, that'd be a good because one. it was in the. Oh, you took the good one. <laughs> it was no fair. You thought of the question. <laughs> yeah. You can't have the answer ready, then present the question, and then you... act like it's genius that you came up the best answer. You only brought up the question because you had the answer. <laughs> Uh, because it was, I think it was in the 40s that he wrote that at this point, uh, fascism just means something I'm against. Because right. even then, everybody called everything they didn't like fascism. And now it's just come full circle and is bigger than ever and everything he predicted is true. But um, it, it, in a similar way, is now every young people, uh, every young person a millennial? I mean, because if you're talking about you won't look up from the phone and discuss uh, oh, yeah, the talk. That's, and that's, then not, the, that's not just a millennial thing. No, that's like the next two generations after that. You're, yeah, millennial is just lazy shorthand for younger young people. people. I mean, I'm yeah. technically a millennial, and I'm 37 today or something. today is just millennials. They've ruined everything. <laughs> so, so Babe Ruth, huh? <laughs> that's not a good answer. <laughs> Um, one of the big stories going on today is Jeff Bezos has got nudie pics out there and oh, saucy texts. That's not the lead. And what, what are you? What are you a tabloid? And somehow they were taken by the National Enquirer. The National Enquirer says they were given to them. Uh, Bezos says they were stolen. He thinks there are political motives involved mm-hmm. because some of the people involved with. Uh, the National Enquirer are friends of Trump and Roger Stone, and man, it's a small world among the rich and power- powerful. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, so you got a picture of him in tight cargo shorts with his thing hanging out the zipper, I guess, is one oh, of his selfies golly. he sent to his girlfriend, and now the National Enquirer threatened him, hey, back off your investigation of where we got this, or we're going to release this stuff. Even worse stuff. Right. So, And he's come out and said, bring it on, I'm pretty fit. Yeah, A, I'm proud of the pictures, and B, I got more money than Gad, Mm -hmm. so uh, bring it. So it's a serious blackmail investigation. It is a, you know, it's it's an interesting moment in American journalism. It also could conceivably be tied somehow to the president's animus for Jeff Bezos in the Washington Post. Um, you know, sometimes I do nice things for my friends just because I like them. Yeah. I'm not suggesting that Donald Trump picked up the phone and called the 
astonishingly named David Pecker. Hmm, that's unfortunate. And told you had to him make that part up, right? Yeah, that's made up, right? And and, and told him, you know, hey, if you can find some pictures of little Bezos and then print them, that'd be great for me. And or just shut them up somehow. So anyway. I got to get back to Congress. There's plenty. Of, there's plenty of people that like Trump's politics that would be more than willing to bring down the Washington Post a peg. They wouldn't need to be told by Donald Trump to oh, do right, it. Right, right, right. So yeah, I just I didn't want to suggest that I thought there was some sort of you know. Although I'm not a big fan of extortion. Conspiracy. If they found a way to hack his information. Well, and, right, exactly. That's what that's the lead to me is this is extortion, pure and simple, and it it isn't cool. Also, we need to get to AOC. Uh, what's her her new nickname? Uh, crazy eyes commie mommy um, with the insane Green New Deal, which I've had a chance to go through now. And it's just unicorns are calling it unrealistic. They're laughing at it. Nancy Pelosi absolutely mocked her with a little subtlety. And we'll get into that in a little bit as well. Uh, it, this the ironic tweet came across our uh, desk, though. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I moved on too quickly. Alexa. Please do not secretly record my conversation about how Jeff Bezos is a hero for standing up for the principle of privacy. Good one. Nice. I love that joke. That's pretty good. Nice. That's pretty good. I give that my highest grade. I've, uh, <laughs> I've retweeted that one, so go to Positive Sean and you can see where the, that came from. Fantastic. And a similar note. Apple is uh, peeved. Tim Cook, who was in the... I almost said unenviable. How about impossible position of succeeding Steve Jobs right. running Apple? It's like, you know, taking over the Princeton math department from Einstein. You're thinking, oh, great. <laughs> oh, great. You're not as good as Einstein. Yeah, I know. I know! <laughs> Neither are you, by the way. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I may have been a little critical of, well, you know, anyway. Let's say it's all water under the bridge. But anyway, Tim Cook is, man, he's mounting his, his horse and, and uh, grabbing his lance and, and fighting a war for your privacy. Mm. And he's doing it through, to a large extent, the Apple App Store. And here's a piece from Mashable.com about how some popular apps like Hotels.com, don't, I use that all the time, and Expedia have been using technology from something called Glassbox to record absolutely everything you do while using the app without telling you that. And and that's not part of the agreement? Well, it's Even not... Even if it is, that's not an excuse to me, because that's... We all know we don't read the agreements, we couldn't read the agreements, it's unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, following TechCrunch's report that certain iOS apps are using technology from a company called Glassbox to record everything a user does within the app... Apple has started telling app developers they either need to disclose this to users or face getting banned from the app store. I think it needs to be. So I've told the story, this emoji app that I it was, it was pug emojis. The dog, the pug. Yeah, because we have a pug. Okay. And I thought my wife so would really like So all of the this. facial expressions are pugs making those expressions? Yeah, it's a pug emoji. How app. many are there? I don't know. If I, didn't, <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't get to use it because... Oh. When I downloaded, and then this is the first time I've ever had this happen. I mean, I, I only ask because I've only seen like one expression from a pug. That is the whole pug thing. They have one expression. As, <laughs> as my son said, he's got two expressions, tired and hungry, and they're the same expression. <laughs> oh, that's which, which of the boys said that? My oldest. Oh, but, tell him. I, he gets my highest grade. That's twice today I've given out my highest grade. That's one of the weird things about the Great pug. Great deflation. 
is <laughs> completely expressionless flat. Everything, yes. all the time. Right. It's weird. But and, anyway. and the sound they make, Sean. The sound. <laughs> it's pretty accurate. <laughs> um, but so I, 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 when I went to download this Pug Emoji app, this is the first time I ever got a warning. That's the actual Pug. Yeah, and we recorded it at home. Um, Sean, your imitation of the pug gets my highest grade. <laughs> I'm telling you, these grades are getting inflated. Great inflation. <laughs> so I didn't have to read through the agreement. It, it popped up on a screen, just like two sentences in a little box. If you agree every keystroke that you've ever made on this phone will be recognized by the emoji app. I'm sorry. Did you say Every keystroke? Every keystroke. Not from here on, even, which would be awful. You've ever made on your phone. No. I didn't even know that was stored in your phone. Uh, hello? Can I set fire to it and smash it with a hammer? The fact that that exists is troubling. But so, I'm getting this stupid, silly, cost $2 app so I can have pug face emojis, and I'm going to turn over every keystroke, which is every password, every personal this and that, I mean, every bank account, Everything over to whoever this company is and whoever they sell that information to. Nobody would agree to that. Right. Nobody. But the, the the key, well, that's amazing. But you got that simple declarative warning. Yeah, so did Apple force that to happen? Must have been. I, I believe that is a new thing that Apple is doing where they are kind of putting in phone alerts. Hey, this is... I know you clicked that you yeah. agree to this term, yeah. but here's kind of the, the language that's in it. And that's a good point. I had already clicked the agreement. Yeah. And then it said, are you sure? And gave me that. T- and I wondered at the time how many of the apps I already haven't agreed to also have every keystroke I've ever made. I just didn't read that far in the 90 pages of, of legalese. Yikes. There's no way that should be allowed. I'm sorry. I'm racking my memory for all the things I've typed into my phone. <laughs> well, every password. Uh, according to TechCrunch, Apple is telling developers via email that apps, quote, must expect explicit user consen- consent and provide a clear visual indication when recording, logging, or otherwise making a record of user activity. I think that's what so I got. It would, well, and that's really interesting to me. It must provide a clear visual indication when recording or logging your, your activity. So it would pop up. Hotels.com is currently recording all of your keystrokes. Now, the only things I do on Hotel.com is give you a rough idea of where I might be traveling in the near future, which, you know, is fine. Do you do, like, credit card purchasing? Like, you, you, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. But, you know, they need that because I'm booking hotel rooms. But, but so, those keystrokes would be recorded. How are they but, using but again, it once you're, it's You're confusing recorded, the app developer with the company that is using the app. Right? Oh, so, nice. So, so hotels.com needs that information. I give information. it my second highest grade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Wow, so, so the so, app... To, wow. So hotels.com did not make their own app to, to make these transactions. They There was another company that so said, hey... So app boys... Right. Based perhaps out of Moscow... Yeah, they create these things that they, they get all the info. They say, "Hey, this is this is a widget that your big company can use to get digital because digital's kicking your ass." So here, use our widget, and then that widget is the thing that's doing the shady stuff, not necessarily the company that's buying the widget. Yikes! Does anything digital exi- widget? That's my band name. <laughs> is there is there any? That's a really good one. Um, is there anything that exists uh, on my phone that is just a simple transaction? 
You give us a couple of bucks, we'll give you this game where you shoot birds at stuff. <laughs> or it, does it all exist to grab my I think if it's super cheap, I think if it's super cheap, you have to be guaranteed. Because what would be even the advantage of them creating it? It's so cheap. Duh. Now, I, I rode one of those scooters around San Diego in their app. Allowed uh, all your location information and all kinds of different stuff, and I finally just deleted it. How are you going to get from one bar to another? <laughs> Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. I, the New York Times caved on the whole blackface thing. Did you see that? No, That's an interesting story. Troubling, but interesting. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, I know this is not a Grammy-nominated song. We were playing mostly, apparently, Grammy-nominated songs Yeah, today. I had a rock song all set to go for best rock, but unfortunately there was profanity right at the beginning of oh, it, and I couldn't, yeah. Those rock and rollers with their long hair and their potty mouths. And their, their leather jackets. Elvis. I'm rooting for my man John Prine, who's up for uh, another Grammy this year. They featured him on the CBS Early Show yesterday. Can you dance to it? No. You definitely cannot. He, um, uh, maybe you don't know who he is, but he won his first Grammy. He was or nominated for his first Grammy 50 years ago for Best New Artist. Wow. And now he's up for two or three this year. And he's got his best-selling album ever right now. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Old fella. Super old uh, singer-songwriter dude. Legendary among songwriters. Mm-hmm. But, um... Reminds me of what they said about the Velvet Underground. Get a little music trivia on you. Uh, they didn't sell many records, but everyone who bought one started a band. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. Um, And I will watch the Grammys on Sunday, and we'll play more Grammy music throughout the day. So the New York Times caved on this whole blackface thing. It's it's really troubling to me. Oh, this story. Did you see that Major League Baseball is not going to call it the disabled list anymore because it's too offensive? I, 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 I can't even inhale to form words. <laughs> I'm fine with that. You don't need to, because the other sports call it an injured list or a variety of things for all the other sports. Nobody else does it. All right. But they've been calling it this since 1905. The DL. He's the, on the DL. But it's this disabled list, and they, they said, but it's not offensive. That's the part that bothers me. Is there anybody that's offended by that? Are any of our beloved disabled or differently abled or handicapable listeners offended by that? Please. Weigh in now, uh, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, or you can always text us, 415-295-KFTC. So the blackface thing, and I don't have the names memorized of the players in the governor's race there in Virginia, and I'm not going to because I don't want to know that. The race to the bottom. You got racist, sex offender, racist, right? racist, I think. It's racist, sex offender, racist, Republican. (laughs) Right, which is the worst thing of all. And then there was a different Republican who was in charge or part of in charge of a different yearbook that also had racist imagery, so... Well, or is it racist imagery? That's what I'm... That's That's been my argument for a couple weeks now. we got to work this whole thing out. If you ever put dark 
makeup on for some reason in a play or whatever, is that, quote, blackface and automatically racist? I, th- I say, clearly not. Obviously not. You're being intellectually dishonest if you say it is. The New York Times agreed with me briefly. As their headline the other day, when this third guy came out, their headline was uh, that the Attorney General Mark Herring has also admitted to having put dark makeup on. He got attacked from the New York Times, got attacked from all quarters, including some major civil rights people, some of your big wigs in the uh, NAACP and that sort of thing, saying, here's the New York Times covering up for the crimes of white people again by using the term dark makeup when it's clearly blackface. Wow. And the New York Times apologized and changed their headline to Attorney General admits to wearing blackface, even though it's clearly not blackface or the more fair way to be would say it would be it's not clearly blackface. He had dark makeup on. Right. Whether that was a blackface routine or not, you'd need more details. But the New York Times backed down on that. So they're going with the if you ever had dark makeup on for any reason, we played a clip earlier. Joe Behar from The View did it once at a Halloween party. You think she's racist? No. Do you think she had any racial in, uh, racist intents? No. That doesn't matter. But the new standard... It's the act, not the intent. The new standard the New York Times was cowed into is, yes, that's blackface. Just like the minstrels, the racist minstrels of the early 20th century, it's exactly the same thing. That's ridiculous. I can't believe they backed down on that. Redefining... Oh, it's an unbelievable act of cowardice, but not surprising. Redefining words uh, to use as attacks, it's a good old technique. Well, once the New York Times has, has been cowed into that, then that's the official standard, then. Wouldn't you say? Well, it's going I would to be say, going forward? Uh, right. It's like me being a grammar national socialist objecting to various uh, grammatical errors that everybody makes now. Uh, you know, if it makes you happy to insist on the true meaning of the term blackface, great. But that ship has sailed. Yeah, I'm out of luck. What's coming up in your news, Marshal? Well, the Battle of the Titans continues. Bezos versus the National Enquirer. And how sugary desserts will help you lose weight. Yes! Good news! Fantastic! Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. So the Jeff Bezos pictures aren't out. That's what you're saying, Sean? Correct. They don't exist out there online somewhere. No, the, the release of them has merely been threatened by the National Enquirer. Unless Bezos does something. What did they want him to do? Stop investigating oh, right. the where they leaks. came from yeah. because that led them to some connections yeah. with AMI and the National Choir and Saudis and how they're kind of really tight with the Saudis and that seemed to have really gotten their attention. And, and somebody, if you don't shut up about it, we'll yeah. show pictures of your privates. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's, um, what's the term? Blackmail. So, and, and Gavin DeBecker, not... Hecker from the National Enquirer, but DeBecker, who is the personal security consultant for Bezos, was investigating how the tabloid obtained the messages. Becker later confirmed that he was scrutinizing Michael Sanchez, Lauren Sanchez's brother, that's his mistress's brother, a supporter of President Trump and a business associate of Roger Stone and Carter Page. (laughs) Do all these people know each other? I know! (laughs) I know! I know. So some of the the Saudi connection, the National Enquirer did a an entire issue, like a ninety six page like fluff piece on uh, Prince MBS when he was getting his big kind of 
American publicity tour. Right, sure. yeah, and, I remember. Uh, he was invited, the the head of National Choir was invited to a White House function, and his plus one was some Saudi something something that that raised eyebrows. Brought my chainsaw. Okay, so need it. <laughs> Uh, Bonesaw? Chainsaw? Oh, sorry, Bonesaw. Bonesaw yeah. um, so a Saudi went with... Okay, there's too many layers here. Yeah, yeah wait oh, a minute. Yeah, many, we're just many, beginning many to peel. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, my. I got my oh, yeah. onion-eating bib on. Is, uh, <laughs> is Jason Bourne going to blast through a window and shoot me at some point in <laughs> right. this? It's getting uh, getting deep, getting thick. Keep, getting, keep little... Sutherland ends up president somehow. <laughs> Complicated. <laughs> what? Oh. News now, Marsha Phillips. Well, as you were talking, the Battle of the Titans is continuing. The very public uh, fight between the world's richest man and the nation's biggest tabloid publisher, Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, owner of the Washington Post, accusing the publisher of the National Enquirer of extortion and blackmail. The publisher of the Enquirer apparently threatening to go ahead and release revealing personal photos of him unless he stopped investigating how the Enquirer got private text he exchanged with the woman he'd been seeing while still married to his wife. Bezos says publisher AMI also wanted him to make a very public statement that the Inquirer's coverage of him was not politically motivated. Wow. So somebody there or multiple somebodies there thought, let's see, he's the world's wealthiest man. He's brilliant. And listen, I'm no great admirer of the guy, but you got to concede he's pretty bright. He's proud. Uh, let's see. Let's go after him. And let's not only tell him to call off the dogs, but right. let's let's grab him by the shirt and make him say what we want. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Right. Wow. And then, wow, they picked the wrong fight. And then in an email to Bezos, the Inquirer's editor, Dylan Howard, Sent him an email describing the photos it had of him, including a, quote, below-the-belt selfie. Another photo of Bezos, quote, holding a phone wearing uh, tight black cargo pants. Nobody wears tight cargo pants. That's completely against the idea of cargo pants. (laughs) No, you bought pants that were too small. That's all that means. Well, there'd be no room for cargo. (laughs) You can't fully utilize the pockets. Right. Going back to Howard's description of one of the pictures, wearing tight black cargo pants and his manhood penetrating the zipper of said garment. God, you're Boy, in not your... only is it the wrong size, they got a bad zipper. <laughs> you're in your 50s. Do you need to take pictures like that and send them to your girlfriend? We really? got nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> and there were several revealing photos of uh, Bezos' girlfriend, Ms. Sanchez, including, quote, Ms. Sanchez wearing a plunging red neckline dress Revealing her cleavage and a glimpse of her nether region. A glimpse and, of her nether region. And, uh, well, that's the headline. <laughs> so anyway, that other stuff is you see everywhere. Yeah. Wait a minute, was that her nether regions? I just caught a glimpse. Howard's <laughs> <laughs> email ending quote: "It would give no editor pleasure to send this email. I hope common sense can prevail and quickly." God, what a that's what blackmail! A, yeah, that is absolutely blackmail using Polly Walnut's language. Um. So her brother's a Trump's guy and is friends with Roger Stone. Wow. That's incredible. It, it really goes to show you how small the world is of the rich and the powerful. I guess. And the pretty, I guess. That's her main claim to fame, isn't right. it? Influential black lawmakers say they haven't heard from Virginia Governor Ralph Northam since last weekend. Northam Uh-oh. under... Northam under pressure from nearly the entire Democratic establishment to resign after the discovery of a racist photo on his 1984 medical school yearbook page. 
the governor had promised to start an honest conversation about race and how to heal the lingering wounds of Virginia's painful past, and then he disappeared. Yeah, because as each guy in succession to the throne is exposed to be either a racist or a rapist or a reprobate of some sort, the cloud just grows and grows, and more Virginians think, well, we might as well stick with the first right, guy. Right, I understand that. Sure, yeah. it's a good strategy. Because right. who was the guy yesterday, or guys, because that yearbook came out, and there were all kinds of pictures that were just not cool. And I think the he was the top Republican, the Speaker of the Assembly, or whatever. Um, I, I don't. Maybe I'm getting the confused, but I think he was like the editor of that yearbook. That's why it was so notable that well, his, he claims he's one of seven editors, yeah. and he had no responsibility for pictures. Right, right, right. But that, right. Dude, come on, that was. That was State Senator Tommy Normand. He was the editor of the 1968 uh, Virginia Military it, Institute yeah, yearbook. You don't know what he was like, but it certainly shows a culture that existed at that school. At Shout that out time. to Northern Florida. Yeah, exactly. As we disclosed yesterday, West Virginia has been promoted to Virginia, and Virginia will now be called North Florida. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one last, one last note. A tip of the hat to British actor Albert Finney. He uh, passed away. He's 82 years old. Family uh, saying that the five-time Oscar nominee uh, died after a short illness. I, Would I, I know him from anything? Well, I don't know if you go back to like the, era, the 60s. Tom Jones, he played Tom Jones. He was in that. Murder on the Orient Express, Under the Volcano, Aaron Brockovich. Uh, Big Fish, one of my top five favorite movies of all time. He I was, don't know Big Fish. How wow, big? one of your big. top five movies of all time yes. I've never heard of. Yeah, it's That's t- interesting. Tim Burton yeah. movie, Ewan McGregor, Albert right. Finney's in it. It's fantastic. It's a movie about storytelling, and it tells a story, and it's wonderful. And How big is the fish? Yeah. you got to watch it. <laughs> there you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I will say legendarily big. I go to a movie called Big Fish. I want a big fish. Show me some medium-sized fish. I'm angry. It's a metaphor, Joe. How about a mighty eagle? (laughs) Ah, the bald eagle. The symbol of our nation's freedom. We keep them chained in the control room to symbolize freedom. Yeah, it's like when Peyton Manning was talking about the gladiators. It's a metaphor. (laughs) You understand? Would the uh, last humiliated politician in Virginia please turn out the lights? <laughs> All right, something else now coming up. What? That is a mess they got there. Oh, the Green New Deal. Give me a moment, won't you, to describe it. And its unique combination of hilarity and horror. And the full reaction from Nancy Pelosi to it, which is pretty interesting and entertaining. Oh, I would say you don't want to miss that. And not meaningless. No. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the the nation. Show. Also nominated for a Grammy, Greta Van Fleet. Fleet. Fleet? As in Fleet of Foot? I'd never heard of them before they were on Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago. Really dug their act. I have condemned them as a shameless Led Zeppelin ripoff, but they have obviously evolved. Now they're a hard rock band, and no, I dig that sort of thing. They're clearly a Led Zeppelin 
if not inspired direct ripoff. Did yeah, you, it was a hook. I saw their second song that was uh, acoustic. I mean, yeah. it sounded exactly like an acoustic Led Zeppelin. Yeah. But who cares? I mean, there's... I, yeah. I'm okay even, with more music sounding like Led Zeppelin. Yeah, that doesn't bother me. I mean, there, there are only so many different sounds you can get out of the rock and roll genre. I think most of them have been covered, so... Oh. Somebody's ripping off Led Zeppelin. Oh, horrors. Signed, Old Bluesman. <laughs> so, anyway, um, some of the music will be on the Grammys on Sunday night. Uh, Nancy Pelosi said this yesterday. I'm very excited about it all, and I welcome uh, the Green New Deal and any other proposals that people have out there. Uh, okay, so, and, and there's another great, do we have the other great Nancy clip? Um so uh, let me deconstruct that one for you. She welcomes the Green New Deal and any other proposal on Earth. Well, and earlier in the day, any other proposal that's out there. Earlier, how in the about d- a proposal to teach frogs to speak Armenian? I welcome that one as well, well just <laughs> like the Green New Deal. Earlier in the day, she said uh, to Politico, "Yeah, yeah, I'm a yeah, the Green Dream or whatever they call it." So that was as dismissive as you can possibly get. And and she said, "Frankly, I haven't seen it. Um, I don't know what's in it, but I know it's enthusiastic, and we welcome all enthusiasm that is out there." Wow, which is but that I tell you what, if I heard a parent say that to their six year old about the six year old's idea, I'd think that's really going to hurt the child's spirit. That sarcasm is inescapable. And this was, you know, the Speaker of the House. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, AOC, understanding the, the the game that's being played by the media and Nancy Pelosi and everybody, said she was asked about that because the media thought, oh, a fight! We're going to have a fight between AOC and Nancy Pelosi! This is going to be awesome! So they went straight to AOC and said, she just called your thing the Green Dream. And AOC said, I think it is a green dream, and I will not allow our caucus to be divided by whatever narrative. Because she understood what the media was hoping to accomplish that day. Right. um, Right. Drive a wedge between them. Nancy Pelosi's got a... We're talking about this proposal by uh, the Cortez woman um, to uh, remake our entire civilization in the eyes of uh, socialism and then greenness. I would say Um, that's a decent summary. I'd say communism. Go ahead. Nancy Pelosi is pretty dismissive of it. Uh, AOC's not even on the committee that deals with this sort of stuff. With climate, that's right, which Um, is funny. They tried to make a fight out of that during the day, too, and neither one of them bit on that. Um, uh, AOC said, I didn't ask to be on the committee, and and Nancy Pelosi said, yeah, we we asked if she wanted to be on it, and she said no. So they're still trying to keep a wedge from going there. You have two formidable women circling each other right now, and both knows that, you know... It's it's like a couple of fighters in the octagon. You want to be careful about throwing that first punch if it opens you, you know, up to a, a better counterpunch. Uh, briefly, the Green New Deal. I finally understand the title. It is not a new deal for getting green. It is a new edition of FDR's New Deal which calls for a complete restructuring of society, as Jack mentioned, in every aspect. That's not over Financial, industrial, energy, government, human rights. It's everything, and it happens to have some environmental stuff in it. So it's a new deal, and it's kind of green. It's not about green energy, although that's a major aspect of it. 
Can you give me like a Cliff's Notes version of what the FDR New Deal was? I'm asking for a friend. Oh my goodness, <laughs> uh, that would uh, it, uh, creating Social Security, uh, a bunch of different giant government programs to employ people because okay. unemployment was really high. Okay. Yeah, we had one out of three people unemployed. In some cities, one out of two men were unemployed, and when only men worked, and, and things needed to be done. Anyway, uh, multi multi layered thing and a fascinating part of America's history. Sean, thank you for asking. Moving along, uh, so the Green New Deal is an absurdity on its face. It is hilarious. Hilariously, just amazingly unrealistic in every aspect. Refitting every single building in America with new heating and air conditioning and insulation and having so many bullet trains crisscrossing the fruited plain that we can eliminate airplanes. It's it's hilarious. Um, To me, the most astounding part is providing everyone with safe, affordable housing, providing everyone with a job or enough money to live on if you decide you don't want to work. Right. It includes those unwilling to work. So you get a house, you get a job, everybody gets enough uh, healthy food as they want. Education. And and as much education as you want. Medical care, of course. And money, which I don't know what you need the money for if all those other things are provided. What are you going to do with the money? Right. Spend it on, I don't know. Fancy coats. <laughs> I don't know. It, exactly. But it, here's the problem with it, and this is why it's such an odd beast to behold. It's like the platypus. Scientists will be studying it for generations. It is hilarious, and it is clearly a call for communism. I mean, really a call for communism. As Jack just outlined, it is uh, from each according to his abilities or willingness, which even the communists wouldn't claim. They claim that if you can produce, you got to produce. And to each according to their needs, it is a fundamental restructuring of humankind in a way that is absolutely Maoist, Soviet, you know, whatever, communism. And the fact that you have smiling Democrats who are afraid of AOC lining up and saying, we're, we're in favor of this, a move to our new social justice and... And and green energy and and really again the energy part is only a minor part of it. Or it's I'm sorry, not minor, but it's only a part of it. Um, the fact that anybody is lining up behind this is a horror. As well, all the all the 2020 candidates did right. So um, so that's where I think the politics are so interesting. So all the 2020 candidates. They didn't go with the, I haven't read yet the Green Deal or whatever it's called. I the Green seen. Dream. No, they they no. Right. I'm enthusiastic. It's fantastic. Blah blah blah. Um, so what is what's Nancy's game? I think for one, she she's the she's the face of the Democratic Party, isn't she? Until somebody emerges as the 2020 candidate, arguably, sure. Who right. else would be if not her? Right. She is the face. She's the she is the spokesman, the head of the Democratic Party, and she knows she can't be that far. No, she's out there. She's kind of old school. But you nailed it earlier. What? You know, I think, although I think AOC believes a lot of this crap. I really do. But it's a way to signal how committed you are to the green thing and, and quote-unquote social justice, which is socialism or communism. And you've got to go so far these days to be to get your bona fides that they proposed something that unicorns are scoffing at, but... It's unmistakable that if you're looking for leadership on these things, look, there it is, which she's, is which is astute politics. Yeah, she's and, clever. Politically, she is very, very sharp. And the people that wanted to dismiss her when she 
you know, didn't know the ins and outs of the Israeli-Palestinian conflict or whatever um, uh, early on. Now, she understands politics and the media and all that sort of stuff. For her to, to, to understand that bait was being presented in front of her yesterday and stay away from it, mm-hmm. to not get distracted and everything, I, I thought that was really that was really clever stuff. Yeah. So this is... A lot of novices would have got sucked into that. So this Green New Deal is, A, uh, just a, a hilarious joke, B, some fairly astute signaling to the populist social media crowd who are looking for an environment Jesus um, and or a environment Jesus and or a socialism Jesus. Um, And it also advocates the policies that led to the deaths of hundreds of millions of people, hundreds of millions. You can't even comprehend that number in the 20th century, as we were discussing earlier. And uh, we we had a great talk with uh, talk with David Harsani of the Federalist about this and we uh, have it uh, as one of our extra-large interviews, uh, the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com or on iTunes or wherever you get podcasts. But anyway, it, people will only work for two reasons. One, to improve their lives, to get stuff. That's why I do it. Yeah, me too. Um, or two, to avoid punishment. Your kid cleaning their room. Those are the only two motivations, really, that matter for people to work. Some people spend a little time volunteering and helping out the less fortunate, and that's a beautiful thing, and thank you for doing that. But we're talking about humankind through history. And so if you eliminate the chance to make your life better because everybody shares everything, everybody gets everything, you can't improve your life because the government's going to take care of everything, the only thing that's left is compelling people to do what they're going to do and, for for instance, putting them in concentration camps or re-education camps or gulags or whatever if they don't cooperate. Economic liberty cannot be separated with liberty in general. It never, ever works. And it can't. So, so the. Yeah, well, we'll be talking about this for weeks and months and probably years to come. The rest of our lives until it becomes uh, a felony to advocate against the government. Well, I mean, even, Ha, ha, ha. Ask Cuba. Ask China. I could give you the list of countries. It'll even take a, a while. Even, Venezuela. Even AOC. We're going to be talking about her for quite a while. She's going to be around for a while. Uh, as somebody pointed out, come on. If, if Lady Gaga can rip off Madonna while Madonna's still doing her thing, Led Zeppelin was 45 years ago. You can't come out sounding like Led Zeppelin a half a century later. The time for theft is now. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Armstrong and Getty Show.